Hey, y'all. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't, um, if you couldn't tell, the audio was cut off, um, from the last episode. I had to kind of do it abruptly. Um, I have a 90-minute limit, so I'm, I'm trying my best not to go over that limit <laughs> again in this next part of the episode. Like I said, it's probably gonna be a longer episode, so it's gonna be split in two parts. So, um, but yeah, um, try not gonna, gonna try not to make this episode too long, um, Basically, um, as I was saying before, I, you know, got cut off. Talking about being human. So, being human. Um, great show, but it was canceled too early. It was a show that um, I I enjoyed given the fact that it um, it was like a... Well, sci-fi does a lot of weird things. It was like weird, but it wasn't as weird. And it was like almost like a... Uh, a show that kind of made you relate to the characters, even though they weren't, like, human in a sense or whatever. They just had this element of, like, it was something different than you usually saw in, um, I would say, sci-fi. It was, like, a, um, it's definitely a show that I felt like could have been on, like, a Fox or a, um, uh, a C, the CW or something like that. Just because of the, the storytelling aspect of it it felt like something it was prime time but it felt like something that that definitely could have worked on a different um a different network and it was good because you know you you really were kind of you know taken in by the stories of each character you know and you you wanted the best for each of them you wanted to see sally find her her peace at the end of the day you wanted to see Aiden, you know, either finally get his humanity back and enjoy his life. You wanted to see, um, you wanted to see, I would say, Josh, you know, finally win and, you know, deal with, you know, being a werewolf and stuff like that, what that looked like. Um, but it was just, it was just that great of a show to me. Um, and then getting canceled so quickly, unfortunately, um, it just, it really left a, uh, you know, bad taste in my mouth because that last season was just really crappy and they just could have did more with it, but they were on such a time limit, unfortunately, um, that they just kind of rushed the story and it just, it really went in a weird direction that I can't say I enjoyed. So, um, yeah, it kind of is a reality of it, but, you know, I just wish they didn't. You know, go down that route. My next favorite um show, definitely Midnight Texas. Um, Midnight Texas because it was a show that I binge watched with my mom like in twenty eighteen over winter break, and like it's just a great show that like talked about all this like weird, you know, supernatural stuff taking place in this place called Midnight Texas. This one little town which is like very, I would say, Western inspired you know weird and stuff like that and so like you kind of have to deal with like you know the creatures and the people that threaten them and so you have like vampires you have werewolves you have this you have that you have ghost witches all that but um yeah all these different weird things going on and kind of how they deal with it and so um <clears throat> i won't go into the whole story but one of the characters you know comes here out of hiding and he ends up finding a home and finding a place there and so they're always constantly trying to, you know, figure out how they can save their town and, you know, just try to maintain a, a normal, healthy life, whatever you want to call normal. 
whatever that looks like for them. So, uh, you know, it's a great show. Unfortunately, we only got two seasons. It was canceled after the second season. It was supposed to get a third one, but the network ended up not renewing it. I wish it could get picked up on like a, a Hulu or a Netflix or something like that, but I think the way they closed out, it's not going to happen. Um, but still enjoy it, and I definitely will go back and probably binge watch those two seasons in a little bit because when its show ended, it ended at like the end of 2018. It's only been a year or so. When I want something to, to go back and watch, I'll probably check it out again. <coughs> um, next show. Uh, definitely dare white people love the show and the, uh, the whole <laughs> premise of it. Um, had a lot of controversy when it came out, but I enjoyed it because the first season was just crazy and outrageous with what they were doing. And so all the characters I would say were like caricatures of their, of themselves. <laughs> but as you, you went into further seasons, you started to see them fleshed out and it was like, um, it has a, a sense of humor to it. There are white people that's very smart. Some of it is just kind of like juvenile, but it's very smart and you have to think about it. And so, you know, their white people is one of those shows that's capable of making you go through, I'll say, every emotion in a whole entire season, if not an episode. One moment you could be feeling down about something and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're upset. The next moment you could be feeling more upbeat and you're like, yeah, so-and-so is coming on the screen. I'm happy now or oh, so-and-so is coming on the screen. I can't stand that. You know what? <laughs> but it's it's one of those type of shows, and I constantly enjoyed it for that. And even in third season, it's a, sh- it's a show that, you know, constantly improves itself and tries to make itself better. As it does have its flaws, it does. You know, that whole plot line that they had in the, se- the third season for my people who watch it, and I've tweeted about it. It pissed me off, but, you know, that's dear white people. They'll... They'll probably come back around to it in the next season, but I, I just enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, the black, you know, them talking about, you know, being black, being youth, you know, what it's like being at a PWI. In this case, uh, uh, a freaking Ivy League and the things they deal with and, you know, even just seeing them as college students and stuff they deal with. And I'm just like, yep, I can relate to that on <laughs> a, a huge, you know, spiritual level or I can relate to this and, um, I just love what they've done with the series and just I, I can't wait until um next season to see what they do. And I hope they just keep maintaining that same silliness to it and, you know, humor and just some of that juvenile as well, making sure that they, you know, tell the stories of those who, who need to be heard. And, you know, I feel like I've I've had my story told. I feel like I've I've seen other people's stories told. I can't say I, I don't totally disagree with Reggie. I saw a lot of myself in Reggie. <laughs> Not the latest season, but uh, I've seen a lot of myself in Reggie. So, like, you know, having characters like that that you can relate to has been really good. Um, the next show um, is Steven Universe. Of that show, it's an animated show. Um, on the outside, it looks like it's just a kid show, but it's much more. You get into a lot of different things. It talks about abuse. It talks about loss, grief, um, friendship, um, just all those different things. Love, loving who you want to love. Um, it's just a great show overall. And, you know, it's about being kind ultimately at the end of the day and doing that. But also, you know, taking care of yourself. That's why I enjoy the show because even though 
you know, it's just a kid show. It has such a deeper meaning to it and so many great things. And just first, even after that, the animation is kind of hilarious sometimes. <laughs> the music is great. The voice acting is awesome. Um, I like it. I really enjoy it. Um, I really didn't get too much into it until probably the episode where uh, Garnet reunited on the ship um, as Ruby and... Um, as Ruby and Sapphire, and when um, Estelle sung, sung uh, Stronger Than You, definitely my my favorite episode of the series thus far, and I look forward to seeing what happens within this last piece of the story, Steven Universe Future, and I hope that Rebecca Sugar, you know, takes a formula and she uses it in other shows while creating different things, because I definitely want to see what she does next. My next show is probably um, The Shy, definitely The Shy. The Shy, um, because it feels like it's a show where it's like all the controversy and all the media and how the media's portrayed Chicago or tried to portray Chicago. There's a lot of stuff that's going on, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on anywhere. And just the things that they've said about it, it's just it's it's annoying. So to see a show that that's almost a love letter to Chicago by somebody from Chicago who's talking about the experiences and what it's like to live there. And it's not just like, you know, somebody talking about, oh, it's terrible here and da 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 da. But like to see them talking about it and seeing normal everyday Joes go through their, you know, their day. It feels good, you know, seeing the story of Brandon, you know, the loss of his brother from gun violence and stuff like that. It's it's pretty good. And I enjoy that aspect and seeing him make it in Chicago and what it's like, you know, doing what he does. Emmett, who's, you know, a single father and like him making in Chicago, him being younger and even relating to him and that sense of like, what is it like for youth here in Chicago, the teenagers and stuff like that? What is it like that he's going through and, you know, the humorous things that he gets into to even Kevin, the youngest one and him growing up in Chicago and the type of household he grows up in and like what that looks like and, you know, dealing with some of the things that he's dealt with and, you know, him being relatable because at the end of the day that's what the shy is about being relatable i feel like it can take place in anywhere black usa nork plainfield uh atlanta um i'm trying to think some other places new york different things like that just to see that philly compton la wherever like just to see this story and to to really you know the to have it you know, have shot the shy portrayed in a great light and have it portrayed as just a, a place where people are trying to make it and live and everything like that. And it's not, you know, dramatized to show only the bad, but to show everything because we all have bad and good in our places. We we have our food, our language and our culture and our music that we love. We have our our, you know, our aspects that we hate that, you know, sometimes not being overseen by politicians, not feeling heard, you know having people who aren't doing the greatest in the neighborhood who's making doing things that aren't right you know we see this stuff and so it's good to be seen and it's good that this place is being seen because it makes you realize how we're all not so you know separated as the world tries to make us seem. and then finally the last show um is the big c so the big c is basically <coughs> excuse me sorry the Big C is basically the show about a terminally ill woman, a wife and mother, who um, has to come to terms with her own mortality in the face of a diagnosis of um, melanoma, stage 4 melanoma, or skin cancer. Um, and so, I love this show because it's very charming. 
and it very it has this like really in your face I don't care and I'm living my life to the you know the um to the full extent of it and so you get to see all these zany things that Kathy does um once well, she first starts off in the first season and, and she slowly but surely you know tunes out until you finally you know um see the end of the series and it's great because it takes you on an emotional journey the creator did say i think it's based off of the you know the different um stages of grief so you see her go through all those and as well as her family if not herself and so it's a good show because it can be uncomfortable at times to watch because you're seeing this person who's terminally ill and so it makes you think about your own mortality but it's also good because it kind of crushes that culture of of death that we have in america where you know if it's not pretty if it's very ugly that we want to look away from it we don't want to you know we don't want to touch it we don't want to stand by it we want to close our breath and look away from it because it's not great and it crushes that because it makes you take a look at it it makes you take a look at her mortality and her struggles and you're able to you know get a better idea and honestly probably one of the best you know written way it's written i just enjoy because She's a character that it doesn't, it can be very easy to make her a character that you sympathize with constantly because of her being sick, but she's just a normal person. She's just a person. She's not a cancer patient. She's just a woman who happens to have cancer. You know, some days on a series or on an episode, you might like her. Some days you may hate her guts because of what she did. It was wrong and everything like that. But, you know, there's still a redeeming aspect to her at the end of the day. And that's what all if not most of the characters within the series um there are a few that are kind of untouched that you just you know you enjoy but you know i i truly 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 um i enjoyed the series so um even with the show ending i guess i would say abruptly them coming into a final season i don't know if they made the decision or not but they usually had eight episodes but they had to split it down to four one hour episodes and make it a serious limited event i wish that being human had taken a note from them and did a closing as well as they did because you know the big c knew what they were doing it didn't feel rushed and it felt like it was writing that left me satisfied with the ending I was happy. I knew it was coming because it was kind of written on a wall. What was going to happen at the end of the series. But it didn't feel like it was super rushed. And it didn't feel wrong. It felt like it was a satisfying, realistic view of what I would expect that show to look like. Being human did not. <laughs> it was being human was a whole other issue. So that's why I appreciate um, the big C. And that's my, um. that kind of ends that. That's my top, you know, whatever music, artist. Um, singers, uh, I didn't talk about books, because I want to, I want to, I didn't really get a chance to do books, I kind of forgot about books, but, yeah, pretty much all my, my top things from the decade, um, I just wanted to talk about before I got deeper into it, and, you know, on this post, and on, um, which will be on my Instagram, as well as the podcast, instagram you'll get a chance to you know comment and talk about some of your favorite things you know please do so i i ask you i beg of you you know i want to hear you know some of your opinions what are some of your favorite shows of the decades favorite albums favorite artists do you disagree with me about something is there something i said you know that you didn't like did you like j cole's first album was that how you got introduced to him did you um say i was tripping about some of my choices just like you know let me know interact with me 
But um, getting into the deeper aspect of the podcast that I want to talk about, I have here, um, and you know, I'm trying to keep it under a certain amount of time because I don't want to, you know, go OD, you know, because <laughs> the first part of the podcast is already like an hour and a half. So I want to, you know, get through everything, but do it in like a timely fashion. Um, just because I know, yeah, I probably aren't going to want to listen to like two full hour and three episodes. I, I probably won't want to. <laughs> um, nah, I'm playing I love long podcasts, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about my favorite experiences and I guess least favorite experiences from the decade. Um, favorite experience right off the rip or some of my favorite experiences. This is in no particular order. Um, I guess getting my own car. So getting my own car like within this decade has been a great experience for me because it's just like a newfound independence. And as I, I go into this road of adulting and stuff like that, it feels good to be able to have my own transportation and my own way of getting around and just you know feel independent in that sense. I got my license in 2014 when I was 17 years old. Um, 22 now, so it's been about five years of that. And I appreciate just, you know, now I understand things that my mom said and I kind of like, you know, have a better understanding what comes with that, um, you know, the cost and stuff like that. So it's I appreciate it more. And I also appreciate now being able to get it because I feel like had I got it before, maybe I wouldn't have had much of an appreciation for it. But now having had to work for it and, you know, do things like that, I'm, I'm glad that I got it now. Um, next thing is, uh, graduating high school and college. Greatest accomplishments, greatest flex. Um, high school for the fact that when I first came into high school, you know, I didn't really know anybody. Wasn't super confident, you know, about my academic skills and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm not super comfortable here. Because a lot of my friends had gone there for years. So for them, it was just like, you know, another year at school. (laughs) But for me, it was like, oh, I'm really in high school now. This is real. Um, So I had to kind of, you know, get used to that and understand that. Um, But by the time I ended high school, I had so many different experiences that I just appreciated, you know, becoming a graphic designer, getting to study that for four years under um, the toolage of people who really knew what they were doing, people who had been in industry before. Um, and, you know, understanding what it takes to be a graphic designer, the frustrations of that, the fun of it, the, you know, the artistry of it, everything, um, it felt good. And so as I skilled it out, um, I didn't know that I had until, um, I had basically went through it. That's a skill that I didn't know I had until I, um, basically went through it. Sorry, y'all got distracted text message <laughs> um but yeah being able to do that i really appreciate it you know that and then also my experiences with um with you know junior state and you know jsa and everything like that junior state's a civic organization where you basically um learn about you know government and politics and you get to debate different things great experiences i made great friends in it had great you know opportunities to increase my speaking skills and you know come out of my show um, I enjoyed that completely. I'm glad I got a chance to do that. And so those things prepared me for college in the sense of being able to speak in front of others, you know, taking a leadership role as National Honor Society and all that stuff. So by the time I graduated high school, I felt ready and I felt like a more, much more confident person. Um, and in college, college is a struggle, you know, academic wise and everything like that. And, you know, 
I'm glad that I made it. I was happy to walk across that stage. And then being a STEM major at that and graduate that after, you know, going into a field that wasn't necessarily natural where my talents laid, but to still come out on top and, you know, the win, it felt good. Uh, I guess my next one is, um, so become an Eagle Scout. So, um, as some of my listeners may know, I am a, a Eagle Scout. I spent 11 years in scouting from elementary school um, when I was seven till the time I graduated from high school. And, you know, 11 years of just, you know, doing scouting. When I first started off, you know, I felt like, you know, I had a certain perception of, there was a certain perception that people had of me and I also had of myself. And so, you know, to be able to make it to the end and do this and, uh, you know, know that I was able to accomplish something that less than 1% of scouts ever accomplished to begin with. And then also to accomplish something that, you know, being a minority scout at that, um, well, it's 2% for 3% for all scouts, 1% for minority boy scouts. It felt good. And I was happy to do that. And it was a long road. My entire winter break was getting Eagle back Eagle required merit badges and non-Eagle required merit badges. My mom had to drive me up and down <laughs> the uh, street for a good two weeks. I had to go wall repelling at it, you know, jump off a wall, <laughs> a, a rock climbing wall a couple times. I had to go to this library, go to this place. And so even before that, during the summer, doing my Eagle Scout project, it was a lot of work and, you know, a lot of people helped me out. So just being thankful for that. But then, you know, slight flex now. Doing all that work and then having it recognized by the president of the United States, President Obama and, you know, First Lady Michelle Obama. I still have that letter in my house. Um, senators being recognized by the Board of Education, being recognized by City Hall. It just it felt good. It really did feel good. And I'm happy that I um, I'm happy that I was able to do that and I was able to prove to myself and prove to others that, you know, we, I can do it. I can do this. I can accomplish great things. I have greatness within myself. And I was happy to recognize, you know, be able to be recognized for that and also serve as inspiration for others that come behind me and also be a part of now a, a brotherhood. Because when you meet other Eagle Scouts, you automatically understand what they went through. The time consumingness of creating a project, the the, you know, the failures, the ups and downs that come with it, the, you know, getting the badges to doing this, to doing that, the summer camps, you know, um, all that stuff. So meeting other ones, it's, it just feels good I mean, to be able to help them as well. Um, and I guess my final one was meeting the colleges I made, the, the colleges. Hmm. <laughs> I just don't do like a little booper reel of um, anytime I say, I say something crazy, but meeting all the friends I made in college and even high school. So High school, I'll start with high school, of course, first. High school, I made um, friends that are now friends for a lifetime, like um, uh, Norman, Tasha, Mina. Those are some of my friends for life. Like, I feel like, you know, we have conversations about deep stuff. They, we, they're able to come to me about stuff. I'm able to come to them about stuff. And I feel like those are people who will be in my lifetime. And, you know, sometimes in college or in high school, rather, you don't necessarily always stay connected with some of those people but these are people I know I'll definitely be connected with for the rest of my life when I have kids when they have kids when they get married I get married you know going through even some of the roughest times of our life you know whether it's professional school or you know um job changes and stuff like that we're just there for each other I just went out with them as a matter of fact and did rock climbing um not too long ago and um 
it's just good to have them in my life and, you know, have them as a support system. Because even going through undergrad, you know, I had friends in college that supported me. But, you know, having that extra support, you know, from back home to know I can do this, that we all can do this, it felt good. And, of course, my college friends, the ones that made it into drama ministry, my older friends who graduated before me, and of course, my closer, some of my closest friends that I, um, you know, that are in my year, you know, my roommate, you know, um, Jeff and Julian and Louie and them, and, you know, the friends I made just in five minutes that was in I spit <laughs> and other organizations. Um, and it's just too many of y'all to name. Y'all definitely know who you are. Y'all know who y'all are, you know. Of the friends that I made just, you know, by being in the right place at the right time, being around certain people who connected us, you know that I became closer with in that last semester. Wish I would have hung out with y'all more <laughs> for that. Um, ones I met in class and stuff like that. Um, I appreciate you guys so much, and you have all have shaped my, you know, journey in college, and I'm glad that I went to Lincoln University and that I can share this experience with y'all. And if it had not been for y'all, I, don't, I would not have probably been the person I was, you know. And I, I, I'm glad. I, I'm so glad that, you know, I was able to share that experience with you and you were able to share that experience for me. Some of you guys may become the godparents to my my kids, you know. Maybe in my wedding party, you might, you know. You, you may. I'm, I'm, I know for a fact, and I'm going to put some of y'all on. Some of y'all may put me on because it's so much excellence that came out of that group and the people that I'm connected with. And I'm so proud of everything that you guys have done. And I can't wait to see what y'all accomplish, you know, within the future and all the dreams that you talked about in undergrad. And it's, it's really great. Um, it really is great. And that goes for my friend, my high school friends, too. I can't wait to see everything that you guys accomplished. And I, I only said a couple names because I can't say everybody's name. I literally can't. Um, um, and probably as time goes on, other episodes, you'll meet some of them, definitely. And get a chance to talk to them, or not talk to them, but interact with them, rather, um, you know, through comments and stuff like that. But, yeah, those are some of my best experiences, probably the um, of the decade. The worst experiences, um, just personal losses when it came to family. So, in 2011, I lost uh, my aunt um, to cancer. Um, she's probably the closest person um, that was related to us that was, you know, close to up here in New Jersey. And that was the first time... Um, I had lost somebody that I was close to, that I was aware of, that I actually understood. So <clears throat> when I was younger, you know, elementary school, if my grandparents passed, but I was probably, um, what, seven and nine, respectively, when it, when that happened. And so I didn't really have a full, I'll say, understanding of what was going on. I mean, I understood, but like, you know, I didn't have a full understanding. I wasn't really there for that. Like, I didn't see that. But with my aunt, rather, it was a process that she was sick and we saw her kind of decline. And I wasn't there in the end, but I was pretty much there. And so, you know, dealing with that and just like, you know, as a teenager, like what loss is like and stuff like that, it was rough for me. And then, you know, turning around the next year and losing my grandfather. Um, he wasn't biologically related to me. But he basically, him and his, his wife adopted me. And I basically became like their adopted grandson. They took me to the circus. They were there for birthday parties, picked me up from school, you know, birthdays and all that stuff. And I was there for them. Even after I stopped going to their house, you know, having them around and then these two people around and then not having them, it was kind of rough. And there's some lessons I learned from that in the sense of, you know, 
always tell people you love them, whether they're, you know, healthy or not, you know, live life to your fullest and then live in the moment with them. But my grandfather specifically, we thought he had more time than he had. And so, you know, when he did it, it was a lot of different things that he was trying to do. So like trying to, you know, give away stuff and stuff like that. And he knew, but I just wasn't like um, receptive of it. I was like, no, no, we have more time, granddad. No, I, I can't, no. But in reality, I should have, like, you know, been more in tune and just kind of did that. But I was only 15 years old. But, like, that was probably the hardest things of the decade, you know, <clears throat> dealing with death and passings and stuff like that and what that is. But the good thing that came out of that is just my mindset of, you know, helping people in the healthcare profession, whether that is teaching them how to be healthier, to live their best lives and live a healthier life. Or, you know, doing some type of doing something within the healthcare profession as far as doing medicine or research that will directly affect them um, in terms of that. But, yeah, that's probably not the not so great moments of the decade. Um, but it is what it is. It's it, it's a, a moment that has passed. And I just thank God, you know, for his promise of, you know, light coming through um, after darkness like that. <clears throat> and now jumping into my lessons from my decade, um, kind of do a lightning round. Try to do a lightning round with this. So, boom. First thing is understand my blackness. So, when I was a teenager, um, I'll say even growing up, I had always understood I was black and stuff like that. I was always proud. One of my greatest role models was Martin Luther King growing up. Um, as I started going into my teenage years, I started following more of a Malcolm philosophy and understanding who he was. And I'll say that in a sense, I was just like, you know, I was angry. I didn't know why. And I didn't have a, a full context of the whole story of being a black person in America. I just knew that people who looked like me were being killed and it did something to me. And so I was first in the class, you know, I would always stand up and I would say something on what was going on, but I didn't have the knowledge to back it up. And so some people was probably annoying, but I was, I was, you know, protected in my eye. I, I knew who I was as far as my... my um i guess my blackness so you know i didn't really have like too many uh regrets as far as that um but yeah going back to what i said you know understanding my blackness in that sense but um i was distracted for a second sorry y'all but um once i got into college and i started taking classes with dr poe and stuff like that and i took intro to in Africana studies that helped me fully understand, you know, my blackness and who I was as a person and why I was angry and stuff like that. Even the identity conversation we had in class one day was really good. And so now it's something that I stand on. I, I still have my opinions, but I, uh, I have my opinions of things. And now I understand why I'm pissed off about certain things and why certain things don't sit well for me. Some of it's engineered. <laughs> Some of it is just a result of, um, of colonialism and different things like that but <clears throat> at the end of the day i know that i stand on top of helping my people and improving the lives and the, um the lives and the his the lives and you know teaching the history to those who come after me and making sure that they know what it is to be a black person in america you know even just learning about like why we do some of the things as far as you know fighting each other and you know issues that we deal with in the sense of you know tribalism between african americans and um 
I would say people from different cultures who are black, you know, and why we are so at each other and just, you know, from the stereotyping to the the anger and everything on both sides and stuff like that. Um, it's really been a, a journey understanding my blackness and, you know, going along with that and what that kind of goes with, it kind of goes into the next thing, understanding my confidence and coming into myself. So, um, back in middle school, because <laughs> this is from 2009 to 2019, um, it's been a journey of coming in myself and understanding my confidence and everything like that. You know, I can say that uh, essentially, and sorry for the background information, um, but I can definitely say uh, that for myself, um, it's been a journey within the last 10 years, you know, from middle school to high school. So in high school, you know, but as I was saying, it's basically a journey, you know, um, coming to my own and my confidence and stuff like that, you know, at one point in time, not feeling so confident about my looks, you know, my weight and, you know, my eye and stuff like that, you know, that's usually the uh, <laughs> elephant in the room, you know, even me and stuff like that, but um, coming to my own and, you know, as I got older and got in high school and stuff like that, and by the time I went from high school to I graduated from high school, the person that you see in my prom pictures from the person that you saw the first, you know, few weeks of school or that first year or so, um, knowing that I was capable more and knowing that I had to build myself up, my own confidence and stuff like that. You know, it was just, it's been a, a journey and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to, you know, do that for myself. And, you know, now still, you know, confidence has taken a couple, you know, hits because of certain things just going on post-grad but knowing that I have the ability to build myself up like that and I can do better for myself and I have to do better for myself because nobody else is going to do it you know it's been a it's been great and I want to get back to doing that more building myself up and understanding my confidence and not caring what others think and stuff like that and so some of it comes from bullying and past things from middle school and stuff like that but you know I'm not letting that hold me back I'm not you know the 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 not low confidence and all that stuff is not it's not cute it's not cool and all that so you know gotta be confident gotta be happy with who I am and do what I gotta do um and then moving on to the next one because <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm starting to end soon guys I promise y'all uh my first relationship so I won't go too far into it just because it's like you know personal and you know I don't really want to get into that but I guess I'll save I'll get into it in perspective myself. Um, you know, within the last decade, of course, you know, no dub being from 12 to 22, I would be in my first relationship or something like that. <clears throat> but I would say, you know, that was a good experience because it taught me a lot of stuff about myself and what I need to do to be the best person I can be. Especially if I want to be, you know, the best future boyfriend, husband and stuff like that to the woman that God has for me. You know, understanding that you have to, you know, be open and you have to, you know, be willing to share your, what your feelings are and your, your hopes and dreams and aspirations. That you have to be willing to listen and actually listen, not try to come up with a solution. That you have to, you know, understand others' feelings and take things into account. And that there's a respect aspect, you know, to, you know, um, not a respect aspect, not 
me being disrespectful, but I'm saying a respect aspect to, you know, understanding people's feelings and why they do what they do. And, you know, uh, a, a aspect of, um, I guess, you know, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. That's my train of thought. A, um, the aspect of communication, you know, you making sure that you're communicating yourself as effectively as you can and that you're being clear about what you are and, you know, not having unspoken expectations, which I learned from um, a podcast that I listened to, um, The Love Hour by Kevin on stage and Mrs. Kevin on stage, Melissa and Kevin. And like, you know, you can't have unspoken expectations in a relationship because, you know, if they're unspoken, then you don't know that. And so, you know, for myself and the work that I have to do to be the best that I can be and, you know, the immaturity that I had and stuff like that and how I can be better in it, you know, next time, whoever, my next relationship, whenever, whoever I end up with. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll say that that was a, um, you know, eye opener within the last decade, you know, being in my first relationship and what that looked like and stuff like that. And, you know, just understanding what I want in my next relationship. Um, speaking of relationships, my relationship with God, um, definitely my relationship with God has improved within the last decade. I, I believe I was baptized when I was 11 or 12, but you know, just because you're baptized doesn't mean that you're automatically saved and that you won't have some trials and tribulations. Me understanding where I need to be at with my relationship with God, as far as praying more, reading my Bible more and stuff like that, but also just leaning on him and understanding what it means to lean on him. Um, when I was going through some of the stuff that I was going through in 2018, um, in 2018 to 2019, I had to truly know what it meant to lean on God and lean on his, my faith and stuff like that. And when you can't do anymore, you lean on him and you pray about it. You have to just leave it alone because he'll work it out. And when you're, you're constantly, you know, questioning him and you're not giving yourself peace, then that's your own fault. And you're not able to deserve, you're not able to not deserve things you're not able to you know appreciate things and able to you know have happiness within yourself you know he he's already taking care of certain things and that's my biggest thing that I learned is that when I believe it in his hands and I watch him work it out just leave it and, and enjoy things you deserve it you, you you need to appreciate things and show him that you appreciate things you know because he didn't have to do it and you know, you asked him to do it and he's doing it. So why are you still, you know, in a negative mindset? And just, you know, I guess also sharing my relationship with God with others and stuff like that and being an example, you know, and just, you know, I'm not a perfect person. You know, I fall and stuff like that. And I think we all do all have, you know, sin and come short of the glory of God and what that means. And just, you know, constantly getting back up and being the best me that I can be. And knowing that people look at me in my relationship with God and, you know, some people are looking at it for inspiration. Some people are looking at it to judge it and stuff like that. And understanding that, hey, I have to be me regardless of what it is and that I can't, you know, you know, fight and, you know, try to be somebody else or be what somebody else wants to be. I have to fight to be myself and everything like that. Um, and, you know, use God for that. Um, another thing is nothing lasts forever. Um, like I said, some of the trials and tribulations I went through, nothing lasts forever. So everything happens for a reason. It, it, it's a set period of time. You're there at that point in time and it can last either, uh, it, I put it this way, it can last six minutes. 
six hours, six days, six D days, I mean, 60 days, six months, six years, whatever it is. But either way, it's not a constant thing that's going to always be there. It's something that's going to change. Your circumstances are constantly changing. And if your circumstances aren't changing, then you need to change your mindset about them. Because sometimes it's not where you're at. It's where you, what kind of mindset that you're in. And so that sense of like, you know, even when I was getting ready to graduate and I was going through all that stuff and taking all those classes, that didn't last forever. I've graduated and I did it. But I, I was thinking, oh, my God, this is happening now when I should have lived more in the moment and realized that all circumstances don't last forever. <laughs> Um, the next thing is earning that I feel like I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none, you know, and that could be like, you know, me not understanding where my talents truly lie, but I feel like, you know, my, my talent is in my talent for many things and my interest for many things. So I'm good at writing. I'm good at, you know, speaking. I'm, you know, I like talking to people. I, I can cook. I can do this. I can do that. I'm just saying random things. I'm not saying anything specific. I'm good at graphic design. You know, my talents lie there. And I mean, while I may not be a, a complete master at all of them, and maybe that's something to do within a new year, um, is, you know, master them um, to my, I guess, my opinion of what a mastery level is. But understanding, like, that's what makes me up. And that's why I like about myself, because I can go to different places. I'm a person I feel like I hate you know, now as I'm getting older, feeling like I'm stuck and I'm constricted in one area. I don't like to be boxed in as one thing or, you know, doing one thing. I'm not just Jared the, the you know, if I become a PA, Jared the PA. I'm Jared the PA, Jared the graphic designer, Jared the businessman, Jared the, you know, the this, the that, and everything like that. That's how I like to see myself. And I like to have, you know, different things going on and be involved in different things. I I wear many hats. I had a, a whole essay speech, you know, um, about that. I'm a man of many hats. I don't, I'm not a man that just wears one or two. I, I wear many things and I, I do it gracefully and I do it happily because that's who I am. Um, I guess one of my other ones is I need to, <laughs> um, need to learn to, um, come into my you know i need to relax and enjoy life more and get out more so that's the biggest thing i've taken away from this decade you know i've oftentimes especially when i was a kid i was a serious one and stuff like that but i end up missing out on a lot of opportunities by just being fun and doing dumb stuff and just enjoying my life and not taking things so seriously i'm only 22 years old i'm gonna be 23 soon hey <laughs> um birthdays in a couple weeks so i'm learning now hey you need to get out and live life and explore life because you know life isn't gonna be you know, made and explored by not making mistakes and just being living so cautiously. Life is made through making mistakes and being smart about them and getting back up from them, not repeating them. So that's how I feel about that. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to get out. I'm going to live my life and enjoy, you know, I'm going to, you know, planning in the next year, you know, I'm going to be going out more, going to some concerts I wanted to go to. I might be headed into New York City more. I might be going to some, you know, some adult networking events, more clubs, you know, brunches, stuff like that, hanging out, making new friends, you know, dating and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I just say, you know, in a sense of um, enjoying myself and getting out there and just living life and not being so worried because there's so much stuff to always be worried about and all that. And that's just going to be there. But, you know, you have to take life by the reins and not like let not let life live you. You live life. And that sounds really rudimentary and, you know, whatever oh wow that makes sense but like really you have to because your life will you know it'll pass you by 
And you'll be unhappy that you didn't do the things that you wanted, but you can't blame that on anybody but yourself. So, you know, I um, take that into account. And I guess um, one of the greatest things is just, you know, oh, being a great student, not being a great student. You know, I've been on both sides of the spectrum in essence of being a great student, not a great student. Just when I go into grad school, I know I'm going to do better and stuff like that. And just that's humility. Humility has been that comes into the whole aspect of humility, something I've learned this last decade, if not this whole year. You have to be willing to start at the bottom to make your way to the top. You have to, and I think you have a better appreciation of things when you do that. If you're just at the top and you're great at things, then when you're helping others, you're trying to test, give a testimony to others. How are you truly going to be able to understand and connect with them if you were always at the top of things? And that's where some of the greatest, you know, in my opinion, leaders are people who've understood and been in certain places of others. When you're able to speak from a certain place, rather than you know speaking from a place that you've never been and so humility has been a um, great thing that i've learned within this last year and i appreciate the fact that you know you know in this decade too you know in general you know from high school to you know post-grad to college and stuff like that and that's why i appreciate you know all the things that god has given to me it's not fun it's not comfortable it's hard being you know you know dealing with humility at times but it's what you, at least what God sees fit to, you know, to teach me or he has saw fit to teach me in the last year, as well as giving me certain things, because I've noticed when he's humbled me, once I got the thing that I wanted or I got where I was supposed to be, I appreciated a lot more and I made sure I did my best to help others when I got there. And um, I just, I guess ending off, one of the funny ones is that, <laughs> um, but I'm an adult and I like to, and I do drink, you know, I'm an adult. I don't drink excessively. I do become an <laughs> extrovert. That's one of those times that you will see, you know, me not be so much of an introvert. I'll be an extrovert. Because <laughs> when I'm drinking, I just become suddenly everybody's best friend. And it's funny. <laughs> you can ask my friends. I'll be talking to everybody. <laughs> I'm just too, too friendly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but thank you guys for truly listening. It is, uh, yeah, it's been an hour. It's never now at the 46-minute mark for the second part of the episode. You know, I ran over more than I would have liked to, but um, it was a good episode. And I, it, I appreciate for whoever is going to stick in there and listen to both parts. Um, thank you to everybody. And it's been a hell of a the last decade. <laughs> and I've been doing a lot more cursing on this episode than I've been wanting to. But, you know, hey, I'm trying my best. It's mainly a clean podcast. I haven't used um, a lot of the big ones. Um, but to end off, um, just because, you know, out of habit for every podcast, awkward moments. Um, I'm going to talk about an awkward moment from my last decade that I want to do. Um, and for some of my listeners, the ones who know, some people don't know because I don't think any of my middle school friends or people who know me listen to this. But an awkward moment is tripping a public place something goes on so ah, horrific moment when i was in sixth grade i made honor roll pretty good you know yeah i was walking up the stage and i tripped walking up the stage and that was the time where we had the honor roll assembly in front of everybody and needless to say i was laughed at and humiliated <laughs> it was bad <laughs> it was bad but um 
I came back from that. It, after that, we didn't really have honor roll assemblies with the whole school anymore. <laughs> they were pretty private, just in case something like that happened. If only the honor roll kids. Um, somebody said it was my fault that that happened. I was like, I don't know. It probably was, but <laughs> um, awkward moments, tripping and stuff like that. Just tripping in public places or making a fool out of yourself in public places. That was my awkward moment of the decade. Falling at the honor roll assembly. And, um, to finally end it off, we're going to do our content creator of the week, um, this episode. And who I want to recognize this episode, um, I went to high school with him. He's a year ahead of me. Um, and, you know, he's been doing an amazing thing. He's an actor. He's a singer, performer. He's also a fellow podcaster. His name is Raymond Wyatt. And, you know, I just want to give him a shout out. His name is Royal Raymond on Instagram, Royal, R-O-Y-A-L-R-A-Y-M-A-N on Instagram. And then his show is called The Raymond Wyatt Show, T-H-E-R-A-Y-M-A-N-Y-W-Y-A-T-T Show, which can be found on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Play. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he's he's an amazing guy. I've met him in high school. He he's always been a performer, and he's just a humble spirit. I listened to an episode of his podcast, and it filled me up. His, his episodes are a lot shorter than mine, so he's good for like you know listening when you're on a car road. I said car road trip, a trip where you're like you know you need some fill. You need to be filled up, and he gives words. And I listened to this episode about mentorship and stuff like that, and I. I felt I felt away after that, and I'm I'm gonna take that into, you know, actually one of my goals is to find a mentor. I'm gonna take some of his tips and suggestions into it when I you know start looking for a mentor. And he's he's just a real person, you know. He's 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 a good guy, and you know he he's a master of many different trades. He's he's truly building his brand. It's good to see somebody, a fellow Paz <laughs> graduate, doing his thing like that. And um, you definitely need to check him out. His podcast, you know, you'll you'll get some fulfillment from that, and you know he's he's holding events, he's a part of a band, he has so many different things going on. He wears a lot of different hats as well, and you know he's somebody that you should definitely go and support. One of Plainfield's finest, Raymond Wyatt, definitely. Um, but you know, thank you guys for everything that you've done for me. You know, as far as listening, sharing the podcast, even reaching out to me about the show and stuff like that. I appreciate you guys. It's a new year, 2020. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more of these podcasts. Um, this was a fun episode for me. I know it's kind of long, but I just, I felt like I'd be remiss if I didn't do a decade show. And I didn't want to do the usual thing about, um, you know, just talking about New Year's resolutions. I want to do something different. But once again, thanks, guys. Please go check out Raymond Wyatt. Um, and, you know, comment, like, and subscribe. You know, we're now on Apple Podcasts, so it's no excuse. And I'll keep you abreast on what's going on with the other streaming websites. But Happy New Year, y'all. Bye.